grace, mercy, and peace from our Creator, our Redeemer, Jesus Christ, and our Sustainer, the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. So, believe it or not, it was just two months ago today, eight weeks, eight Sundays, and we worshiped on Christmas Day, celebrating the birth of Jesus. And today, we are marking the end of Epiphany as this Wednesday already is Ash Wednesday and Lent begins. Now these last two months may have raced by, that's how they were for me, or slowly crawled, depending on how many papers you had to write or classes you needed to attend or prepare for, depending on how many days you visited with family or how many meetings you had or responsibilities you needed to fulfill or even vacation days that you enjoyed. The rapid or slow movement of the last eight weeks have led us to today. Today we are focused on this summit and the illuminating Sunday of Transfiguration. On this high mountain, questions are answered and others emerge. I don't think that Transfiguration Sunday gets the attention that it's due. And maybe it's because I've had two weeks to look at this text because Pastor Kristen preached last week, blessing us with her message on a very difficult text. But transfiguration is the peak of the crescendo which began at Christmas and grew through Epiphany. Transfiguration Sunday, now fully developed, releases us into the day crescendo of Lent. As one theologian put it, We receive this gift of the Christ child on Christmas, and we spend all of Epiphany unwrapping it until we open it and are told about Peter, James, and John and how they witness Christ shining on this mountain, the glory of God. Jesus is transfigured by that glory. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became dazzling white. Before we go any further, we have to look back a little bit. Just as our weeks have a pace and a tempo, so do the weeks of the disciples prior to this enlightening event. It is important to look back and remember what brought Jesus and the disciples to this place, just as it is important for us to look back on what brings us here to this place where we find ourselves and ask the question, how have we been shaped, transformed, transfigured, if you will? Now, I presume none of us have seen anyone's face shining like the sun, but we have, we are transformed by the acts of the Holy Spirit through worship and prayer and hearing the word of Scripture. By the action of God through the sacraments, we are transformed by the love of God. Our gospel this morning comes after the discussion of Jesus asking the disciples who he was in the chapter of Matthew 16. Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi and he asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? Or sorry, who do people say that the Son of God is? And they said, some say John the Baptist or other Elijah and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? 
Simon Peter, you can see him probably just busting with enthusiasm. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. Peter gets it right. He has seen Jesus heal the sick, bring good news to the poor, fight for the forgotten on the edges of society to give them voice and hope. And Peter sees the actions of Jesus' ministry. Peter listens to the teaching of Jesus about the law and the prophets and is bold enough to say what the Spirit has placed in his heart. Jesus, you are the Messiah. Then attitudes change as Jesus foretells his death and resurrection. From that time on, Jesus begins to show the disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter looked, took him aside. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, God forbid it, Lord. This must never happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. In this exchange between Jesus and Peter and the disciples, it appears Peter is so close to comprehending that Jesus is God with us, God with them, but is still not able to set his mind on divine things. (laughs) Hard enough for all of us. So Jesus... Six days later, takes Peter, James, and his brother John up the high mountain, and they see Jesus transfigured, bright as the sun, talking with Moses and Elijah. And before they can turn this spot in the next tourist attraction, God shows up on the mountain in a cloud, as God often does in Scripture, and says, this is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. The disciples' reaction has me a bit bewildered. I, I, but one would think that seeing their friend, their rabbi, glowing like the sun and talking with Moses and Elijah might have them shaking a little bit. Yet, when they see the transfiguration, Peter's like, Lord, it's good for us to be here. One would think they might already be on the ground in fear. Rather, when the, they hear the voice of God, That's when they fall to the ground in fear. And this might be why. If witnessing the transfiguration didn't do it, hearing the voice of God reiterating what Jesus and possibly others heard at Jesus' baptism, this is my son, the beloved, with him I am well pleased, most definitely that would do it, especially when The commanding voice continues saying, listen to him. Now, I'm not saying Jesus took his inner circle of disciples up to the mountain to have God scare the bejesus out of them. But now they have responsibility. It's one thing to follow, to see Jesus shining, knowing that Jesus is there with you. But it's another one to realize 
once that transfiguration happens, there's work to be done by the disciples. Jesus wanted them to be prepared for what's coming next. So Jesus took them to the mountain to reinforce the divine things, the things they had already learned about God through Jesus and Jesus' ministry. Jesus is the Son of God, Emmanuel. And from the mountain of transfiguration, Jesus is going to make his way to the cross, not a golden throne like they all wished and hoped, but a place they thought God would never go. Now, if you're anything like me, you have been scared, at least full of caution. When you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, relax, it's not an audible voice. I'm not hearing things. But it's the feeling. The feeling the Holy is calling you to do what you think is impossible, or at least challenging. Yet, the Holy calls you peacefully, with clarity and certainty. God calls us to the unfamiliar, and that doesn't sit right. God pulls us out of our comfort zone only to realize through the unfamiliar, though the unfamiliar is intimidating, God is with us and will be forever. Jesus takes his closest friends up the mountain to introduce them to the essence of God. And when they get scared, Jesus comes to them. He touches them. A sign of healing in Jesus' ministry. Then he says, get up, be raised. Same words used by the angel when speaking to Mary and the women at the tomb when they went on Easter morning. The same words, do not be afraid, he is not here, for he has been raised. Jesus says to Peter, James, and John, be raised and do not be afraid. He knows that they will eventually need this assurance because they are about to embark on the journey with him to Jerusalem. There will be points in their journey when fear scatters them into the wind because they do not have all the answers. They cannot see the big picture. Their future is unknown. They will be in fear for their lives. And though they love their rabbi and their friend, they will fail him, or at least feel that way. We also need to hear the story of the transfiguration before heading into the season of Lent because we know we are fragile. We are the imperfect the curious. We are those who suffer, who feel alone, who mourn, who feel rejected. And that's scary too. But this is who we are. Yet keep in mind what we have heard in the last few weeks. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn. Blessed are the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful, the pure heart, the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Blessed are you when people persecute you and utter all kinds of evil things against you falsely on my account. 
We heard Jesus say a couple weeks ago, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And last week we heard from Pastor Kristen that Jesus liberates us through the law that Jesus has taught us so that we may love God by loving ourselves and loving our neighbors. These are the teachings and the visions we are asked to remember heading into our journey of Lent because our lives are more than messy. They are sometimes downright tragic. Again, they get scary when we don't have all the answers. And this is the trickiness of Lent. As Lutherans, we look at Lent as a time to profess our sins as Jesus heads to the cross. Sometimes that brings on guilt. But really, we are only acknowledging we are fragile. We are imperfect. We are curious. We are those who suffer. We feel alone. We mourn. And we sometimes feel rejected. We are the ones for which this journey is made. But we are not only sinners. We are reconciled through Christ and therefore saints as well. Tragedy hits and we are all victims all too often. Earthquakes, tsunamis, hurricanes, disease, cancer, death. Not because we are being punished, but because we are part of an imperfect world. Yet we belong to a perfectly loving God. Just as the disciples saw the transfiguration, the transfigured Jesus, we also are called to remember God shining through our Savior, telling us to get up and not be afraid. And just as Peter gave testimony, as we heard in our epistle reading today, we had been eyewitnesses of his majesty. They heard the voice of God say, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And Jesus was with them. The prophetic message has been confirmed by their own eyes. And this message is passed on to us. In every circumstance, Jesus is with us through the Holy Spirit, through the sacraments, through the love of God and shown through us and to us. This is the morning star that rises in our hearts because no prophecy ever came by human will, but men and women moved by the Holy Spirit spoken from God. Jesus speaks the word of resurrection and casts out fears, creates unexpected possibilities and furnishes new life. Jesus speaks of what is and what will be in the power of the Holy Spirit. And God calls us into discipleship when God says, listen to him. Sometimes when we sense God's presence and call, we fall in worry. And when that happens, Jesus is there, calls us, heals us, saying, get up and do not be afraid. As we travel through Lent this year, in whatever challenge, challenging situation we find ourselves, let us acknowledge what that situation is. Because it's part of the imperfect world that we are part of. 
So let us bless that challenge. Let us bless the Lent that we actually have. For Jesus comes to us, reaches out with his healing hand, and together with God, Jesus is calling, get up. Do not be afraid. Because God is saying, listen to him. Amen.